we kept I kept saying that we as a center should should aim to move beyond just our legal obligations. That should right. be the foundation upon which we base all of our um, ways of working. Yeah. But there are elements that are not covered by the law, especially when you're working in innovation. Right. You're working with technologies that aren't explicitly covered. Yeah. And so the idea was to how to move beyond that. And that was where the privacy and protection lead came out, is that we're not just looking at... Um, Meaning the data protection, legal? Yeah, the legal element and not just GDPR. We mm. work with a lot of partner organizations who are not... Um, they don't fall under the GDPR mm-hmm. or they're working in working with populations in countries that don't fall under the GDPR. Right. So there is that idea that it's more about the people. So our line is people mm-hmm. first in innovation. Okay. And how do we focus on the people right. rather than just the law? And so privacy and protection lead is a uh, position that's a little bit more open mm-hmm. to that element of evolution that exists within within technological innovation and how to make sure that we're protecting people and protecting their right to privacy at the same time. Very interesting. And you say just DPO. I mean, <laughs> the DPO in itself is for some people too big of a role. They need a data protection office or officer and so on. And they have a huge staff. Yeah. And you say just DPO. That was the more one uh, takeaway. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that kind of relates. We're a small organization. So yeah. I only do the Center for Innovation. I don't represent the whole of Leiden University. Ah, okay. Um, I part of my job is to keep in line with what the university is doing in terms of their GDPR compliance. So they have um, two data protection offices and they really do the entire university's um, Mm. compliance mechanisms, their steps that they're going to take. But because we were, we help the university introduce new technologies um, and we prepare them for the digital future. So chatbots, we experiment with a whole bunch of different technologies mm-hmm. and what we've started to do is as we help introduce that into an organization, we couple that with advice on what kind of privacy and protection issues or risks you're going to face mm-hmm. and some kinds of recommendations for how you can mitigate those risks. Um, partly because if you look at, for instance, data protection courses for the GDPR, mm-hmm. you have the... Um, the emerging technologies focus which is the gray areas of the law right and when i did my certification at maastricht for the data protection officer every question i had every question i asked the expert they said oh that's in the gray area of the law (laughs) that works in the gray area of the law and i thought to myself well then our entire organization most a lot of the work right is in the gray areas of the law so that's for me the data protection officer a lot of that is quite there's a law. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of people working on it. Right. Um, so you can get a lot of advice. Yeah. And there's a kind of a guidebook. There's a law with guidance on how to do it, having an Article 30 register. How, yeah. Whereas when you start in the gray areas, that's when you start having to think for yourself right. and try and understand the essence of the law. What, was, what exactly. were they trying to get at? How would that apply to a technology that they haven't explicitly spoken about? So the, the data protection officer part, for me, I find is the easiest one oh. because there are so many people working on it. 
Right. When you get to the gray area, that's yeah. the one I find really difficult because you have to really research it, really mm -hmm. document your findings, really speak to people about the essence of the law, which is when you start getting into ethics mm -hmm. and those yeah. those areas for me I find really difficult. I find that the more difficult part yeah. of my job. That's certainly more challenging. I mean, the law is the law, yeah. but then interpreting it and applying it to the real life situations, people generally don't make the distinction. Yeah. They look at it all that together for the DPO. Yeah. But if you make that segregation, some things are straightforward, a very few that, okay, yeah. you should have a data inventory, you should do yeah. a DPIA and so on. But what to do after that when the risks are there? Yeah. Is it going to impact the rights and freedoms of people or not? Yeah. And that's always a decision. You may have one decision, I may have something else, yeah. and the other person may have something else. So it's people-specific rather than law-specific. Yeah, and it's also the evolution of the context. Right, it's Cause, also. Because the context might change and a decision that was made yesterday when you interpreted the law right. in this context yesterday, today all of a sudden you're in a different context. Right. And the mechanism you set up yesterday yes. isn't adequate for today. And that I find, that's also my favorite part. <laughs> I like complex, challenging problems and I, that's the part that really drives me. Sure. So if I may ask, yeah. I mean... We don't need to. Uh, we don't seem to need warming up, but still, uh, what do you love about this privacy job or privacy as a subject? The context, the, context, the context. contextualness of it, the fact mm. that there is no two contexts that are the same. Right. Um, and so you're constantly having to put yourself in somebody else's shoes. Um, and understand what kind of risks to understand the risks mm -hmm. to people's privacy and the possible impacts that could have on their lives you mm -hmm. have to really put yourself in their shoes and i think that really is my favorite part and i think probably the part that my degree helps my degrees and my studies and my the specializations i did mm -hmm. during university helped me the most with is that uh, cultural understanding and the context, the ability to contextually mm -hmm. understand a different country, a different society, different right. cultures, because then you understand the privacy in a different light, in a different view, yeah. from a different in a perspective. Different perspective yeah. Indeed. And is there something you hate about privacy, don't like about privacy? I guess the fact that it's so contextual could also be something <laughs> you don't like. I mean, you, you know, as a privacy expert, sometimes it can just, it gets so complex yeah. that it can feel a bit overwhelming, I would say. Yeah, the interpretation of the law sometimes and in implementing or making suggestions in a context because people come to you saying you are the DPO, you are the privacy officer, you'll know it. But yeah. it's not, we know it, we know the law, we know, we know what it says, but we need to know what's your situation, what you're doing, yeah. and then need to infer what should be done in that, as you say, yeah. context, that's the right word. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, that, yeah. That, so it's both my favorite and my least liked part of privacy. Interesting. And if you were to describe GDPR in just one word, what that would be? Foundation. Foundation, yeah. wow. So you see it as a foundation towards something bigger. Yeah, I think it's, I think the attention that came with it and what it aimed to do, mm -hmm. such as solidifying those fundamental rights. I think mm -hmm. that is a first step in a very long and hard process we have to regaining control of privacy.
If you like this, find the full episode of Fit for Privacy podcast on iTunes or Spotify.